dragon. And that dragon had a rider. And that rider's name was Cowboy Ninja. Welcome to You Better Believe It. Today we are talking about the 2017 anime Blame, which is how it's stylized. Uh, Nate Regolia, this whole time we were doing the podcast, I just realized all I needed was a co-host with the net terminal gene. Do you have a net terminal gene, Nate? I'm not sure, but I'm really, really concerned about the number of hell medals we have left. <laughs> what a terrible name. It is the... Hell Metals being... Okay, so uh, it, I, I watched the English dub version. Same. Um, I started watching the original with the with the uh, subtitles. The subtitles seemed annoyingly, like, too they're, basic. They're, yeah, and they're huge. They take up, like, half the screen. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to just switch it over and listen to the dub version. And the dub, the dub version has... Uh, I, I preferred the experience I had with the dub version, I think. Yeah, um, I thought the cast was actually really good. Yeah, but uh, but hearing hearing whoever like the like nameless uh, survivor guy whine about the lack of hell medals, <laughs> hell medals is just such a darling word. Well, that's and, how it's. It, well, that's what it said in the subtitle too. So I guess that's uh, what they're actually called. Yeah, I think it's like the formal name, but it's yeah, it's it. I don't know. It's like saying like armor pants instead of. Just yeah, I mean, armor? Like, hell metal like, sounds cool, like as an abstract concept, but when it's an actual thing, um, that you have to wear, yeah, not so much. Yeah. When it's just like a helmet made of metals, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, this was uh, I don't know, I don't really. I, we're, let, let's see where we go on this. Okay. <laughs> this movie reminds me a lot of um, the Matrix sequels. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like the What's Going On in Zion movie. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, but I feel like people have even less fun in this. Yeah. Uh, they they really nail um, how shitty the uh, techno apocalypse is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Because it's weird, and we'll we'll get through kind of the plot of this in a minute, but it's weird that, like, all the time you spend with them, they're shown doing zero recreational activity. They don't have any fun at all. Like, nobody sings. There's not, like, there there are no, and this is the thing that I, that, that I think I have the biggest beef with as far as the plot of the movie is, like, they they have zero coping mechanisms for this. It's like everyone is just content to be depressed. And the one thing that they all bond over is sitting around and looking at fire, yeah, which I get like that's a base level cave person kind of visceral connection. But holy shit, like somebody's got to be smart enough to have hacked like a, a, a hologram. Yeah, like <laughs> some sort of computer guitar or some kind of like, I don't know, sex robots or whatever. Like there's got to be something like a workaround so that these people don't just live completely sad, somber lives. Well, the thing that strikes me as weird with that whole thing is it feels like this techno apocalypse has just happened. And that would make sense. Everybody's like lost everything they ever had and all they ever knew. And they're just kind of moping around, but they've ostensibly lived like this for hundreds of years. Yeah. This is like generation five or six. Yeah. Like, they, they have an oral history they've passed down about how things have been done, and no one has ever been like, hey, you know what, we should probably come up with ways to embolden ourselves so that we're not just working and, and crying all the time. Yeah, like, not saying that their existence should be, like, happier, but they don't know anything different, so it feels like they would have some kind of, like, at least normality. Oh, yeah. Well, and and, and the thing that... that that's weird is this you would think that this movie was going to be about uh about the girl whose name by now zuru yeah you you would think this movie is going to be about zuru and her young friends uh upending the sort of uh traditional nature of their society by going out and being youthful and adding some sort of energy to it and the exact opposite is true do you think that Zuru's name is supposed to be Zulu? And I'm not just trying to be cute. There's a reason why I ask. Is that the the um, the Does solid snake character? Yeah, is pronounced Kiri, but it is spelled uh -huh. K I L L Y. Yeah, yeah, and I I looked because the uh, in the in the manga it is Killy K I L L Y. Right. Because I was writing Kiri down, going, okay, this is like a bad subtitle error. Because I saw his name from the subtitles first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I who knows? <laughs> yeah, this is another one of those apparently like impenetrable mangas that lasted for fifteen years, and we're just seeing like a story arc from it. Oh so, yeah, yeah. And if it feels like you're lost in like impossibly dense lore, it's not your fault. I don't even feel like the lore was that dense. Yeah, I just don't. I think my main my main problem was this wasn't this this is not uh this is not greater than or even the sum of its parts. No, I love a lot of parts of this. Yeah, it's not like a satisfactory narrative. Yeah. It feels like you're watching the middle of a TV series kind of. Oh yeah, well and the thing is is the people who made it really think they made something satisfactory because they give us a Marvel-esque closing credits sequence. That is supposed to like sum up the badass shit that we just saw. Yeah, but it's it it was so it, it felt so weird and tacked on to end the movie and then go into that like you know uh, 
triumphant music and kind of cell shaded cuts of all of the characters like doing cool shit. And it's like, no, this this is this movie was if nothing else, it was just like a sad story of a girl whose entire life was formed by all of her young friends dying and a weird silent dude wandering through town. Yeah, it's, it, it, it really it's really more like. It vibes more like true grit. Yeah, it is like impressively maudlin, and it's like, it, which puts it kind of at odds with the slick computer graphics. You know what I mean? There's some kind of disconnect there for me. I'm not quite sure what it had, is. Yeah, I had a real problem with the with the animation style. Okay, good. I liked the I liked the way that the world was was drawn. I liked all of the set pieces and everything, but the characters themselves were somehow too smooth and soft it was like i don't know it was like they were some sort of post dreamcast squaresoft game <laughs> like everybody was too everybody was too cute and then the world was so rugged and real it just didn't it didn't add up for me a lot yeah yeah i think this would have benefited a lot from being like traditionally animated Yes, absolutely. It would have been way better if it was just like a little crunchier and and rougher instead of just being so polished. It's like it's like how new episodes of The Simpsons are just kind of off-putting because everything's too pristinely measured. Yeah, it's like I do love that uh, the promo for The Simpsons getting renewed and that image. I'm sure you've seen it. Like they got memed to death of Homer with that like smile, that please kill me look in his eye. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like just just end it. Yeah, I didn't care for this movie, and we talked about it at length. But remember the um, the wraparounds from Robot Carnival? Yeah, uh-huh. remember how it was kind of dirty, and everybody was kind of gross looking and crunchy. That's what this feels like it should be. Yeah, yeah, and maybe this should, like maybe and- we're not the audience for this. Maybe this is supposed to be like a a, a young adult kind of Hunger Games scenario where everybody's like impossibly beautiful and well-nourished but sad and mopey and maudlin and starving. Right. Yeah, cuz for for an entire society of people who are like we're out of food and we're probably going to die, they 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 literally send these people called electrofishers out to go scrape muck out of sewer lines, I guess, that they're going to eat. Yeah. Um but no one, yeah, no one's emaciated. No one looks worn out. Everybody's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm still pretty, pretty good, yeah, pretty and, handsome. And we're led to believe that they're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. Oh yeah. They are totally out of food. But then Killy shows up, and he's got a one of those pills that you get it wet, and it turns into a dinosaur sponge. <laughs> It made me think of that, uh, the Simpsons where Bart gets that thing, he saves up and gets it, and just like, yeah. goes down the sewer. Five, five, he sold Millhouse's soul for those five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, Lisa doesn't get foul-smelling water on her. It's weird that, like, for a movie that's this kind of, like, dark and depressing and serious, that it lacks, some, it lacks, like, any kind of pathos at all. Well, yeah, okay, so, uh, in this film... Like, dozens of people die horrifically, including, like, three children. Yeah. We're talking decapitations and all sorts of stuff. And the the amount of time that they spend on anyone's death is so minor that it's kind of like, oh, so you're, are, you, are you sad? 
when yeah, Tay dies. Like, which, which is odd because like it's not like the movie's moving at a breakneck pace for most of it. So they oh. do have time to kind of explore this shit, but it just kind of gets rolled over. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it it's as if in in losing in losing the uh, society, the the city that they were living in, they've also lost the ability to feel human emotions. Like it's gone, it's reset to this point of like the only thing that they feel anymore is like fire good. Yeah, they traded in all their emotions for the ability to say pops a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pops. Uh, I'm yeah. like, it, bothered, it bummed me out more because I think thematically I really like the idea of what this movie is. No, I, I and that's kind of what I was trying to say. Like all of the parts of this, like if you, if you took individual scenes out of this and just watched the, that five minutes, it's great. I, I really, like, I had a hard time because I took so many notes where I was like, oh, I really like this idea. I really like this thing. And then you get through it and it's just like, oh. Well, like, we, we've seen okay. so many, you know, movies where um, the city is a character, quote unquote. But it's it's interesting to see kind of, because we've seen a lot of the AI run amok stuff. Yeah. But to see that the city itself actually is alive and just building upon itself for no like just for the purpose of expansion like it has no it doesn't seem to have any kind of um human motivation no oh, yeah it just no it keeps doesn't, yeah. building yeah it's just it's just a muck yeah it's going yeah um which i yeah, think is kind of brilliant but executed in a way that doesn't make any sense well part uh, part of the problem with the execution is we don't see the city build itself at all like we're so we're so in this one level for the whole thing that yeah. it doesn't like we see all of the panopticons and all the things like uh, the trappings of the city exterminating the humans within it but we don't actually see the part where like the city keeps growing or or get to comprehend what that looks like or means no, and usually I love a like a really narrow, small scale story inside like a big sci fi thing. But I think usually that it works best because it's a function of the budget. Like they couldn't afford to you know show all that shit, so you just kind of get stuck with this human story, which I normally like. But being yeah. that it's animated, and they have no reason they couldn't show what was going on. Yeah. Um. It. I don't know. Like I said, there's just some kind of like cognitive dissonance with this movie with me. Like I have a hard time. Like, there's reasons why I don't like things, but they're kind of nebulous. Right. Yeah, this this movie just sort of left me, like, it left me sort of not feeling anything. I felt like all of the characters in the film by the end of it. Yeah. I was sort of like, okay, I guess that was the thing I saw. Yeah, it was, a, and, it was an experiment in uh, accidental nihilism. Right, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I, the, it would have been... It would have been really compelling if it had like a uh, Legend of the Overfiend style cold open that showed you, that gave you insight into what was happening. Yeah, and it has a cold open, but it doesn't function as like a cold open does where it's, you know, like you were talking about with Overfiend or with the Bond movies or something. It's just the beginning of the movie. They just happen to put the title card 15 minutes after it starts. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like, it's stylistic sass. It's not like story conceit. Right. And and yeah, because I would have I would have loved to have seen something that was like, well, here's what the world looked like right before this thing went out of control, and then here's a quick cut montage of that of time passing 
after that. Yeah. Like that that would have given me a stakeholder position in the world. You don't even have to do a montage. You can just do something as simple as like, you know, the city's out of control, but everybody's still alive. It's like the, you know, the techno utopia. And then you've got, I don't know, like a little kid playing with a stuffed animal walking down the street and then the title card and then it cuts and then there's just them walking past this raggedy stuffed animal that's just on the ground all, you know, antiquated or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Like something yeah, that simple that, that of a transition. Be, yeah, that would have been brilliant. Nice match cut. Yeah. But yeah, the cold open like serves zero purpose. I, I really, like, I was, when the title card came up, I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, we're, and then, we're, and then it we're just continues starting. right from where the cut was. So, like, what was the point? Yeah, no, it was just it was just I think to mimic a comic book layout style, which is, hey, here's like two pages of spread, and then comic title. Right. Like I think that's all they were doing. It was it was purely yeah, it was a purely like because we can kind of thing. <sighs> yeah. Well, do you want to talk about, like, I don't, we haven't talked about the plot of the movie really at all. Do you want to kind of run it down real quick? Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we open on basically this understanding that this robot city has been expanding and is, it's killing all the last people. Uh, you see this group wearing kind of like robot camouflage body armor. Apparently they can't be seen by watchtowers or something, or they're they're trying to avoid watchtowers, which are these big panoptic uh, edifices that the city builds on itself. Are we and to understand it, that those those suits are like like reflective or something? I don't understand what. Excuse me. Yeah. Why I think they that's can't what it's supposed it. to be. Is that yeah? <laughs> or that they look like machines themselves, so therefore they don't appear human. Gotcha. But which then, seems. Seems pretty flimsy, because, well, like, why wouldn't the city... I mean, if the city knows what gene it's looking for... Well, also, too, when one of those things walks by in the background, one of the builders or whatever, they're like, oh, they don't care about humans. Right. Okay. Well, because the builders don't, but the yeah, exterminators do. Right. Uh, I guess? I mean, I, yeah. it's Some of the robots are capable of killing, but uh, also capable of just, I don't know... Uh, Ignoring everything. I, I, yeah. I do kind of love the design of the exterminators because they look like some kind of nightmare version of a spirited away character. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Even absolutely. the the hell metals, like I, I like that kind of cheery, smiley face design that they have. Yeah, because they have like uh, weirdly set eyes that aren't that aren't quite, you know, they're not on a line parallel. But then the yeah, the the seam for the mouth where the visor part comes up is a smiley face kind of thing. Yeah, I, I have no issue with, like, the design. I think all everything looks really cool in this. Um, other than the people when they're not wearing armor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so we've got this group of kids. Zuru, Tei, uh, somebody I think named, like, Yaichi or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a group of kids. They're all cruising around looking for sludge. They're out there trying to find food. They're not supposed to be out there. The adults don't want them running around like this, but they decide to go out on their own. So it's a real Goonies scenario. And uh, they're trying to avoid all these uh, watchtowers that will signal the exterminator robots to show up and attack them. Uh, And, of course, they get exterminators on them. And Yaichi, one of the kids, gets decapitated, like, uh, harshly. Uh... 
And then suddenly uh, this guy named Killy shows up who uh, – so my big problem with Killy is – well, I, Killy doesn't say or do much of anything. No, and I, I went back and looked at the – like a kind of a breakdown of the manga. And I guess he's like a like a cane in kung fu. I guess the whole manga takes place with him wandering through like every part of this biome or whatever. Apparently, in the book, I don't know if it's referenced in here, it's like a Dyson sphere the size of Jupiter. Which oh, I, shit. Yeah. Or the volume <laughs> of Jupiter. Um, so he's just kind of wandering through getting an adventure. So the fact that he doesn't talk isn't that big of a deal because he's just there for other things to bounce off of him. Right. Except in, in a movie where this is he's the only character that seems to have any knowledge or agency in the situation... It's a real bummer that he doesn't talk. Right, exactly. He's the only one that has any idea what's going on until you meet a Shibo. That's the that's the robot doctor lady. Yes. Yeah, robot scientist. Cool. And okay. these people are super stupid. Like, uh, Zuru thinks that this decapitated metalhead might want to eat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and they refer to humans like as an other, even though they're they're clearly human. So their oral tradition is strong in some parts and then totally absent in others? Yeah, well, they're not... Yeah, they don't... Yeah, it's weird, because it's this, it's this odd tribalism, like, Orientalism-style tribalism where they're afraid of everything from the outside, but they also have absolutely nothing going for themselves, and no one can lead them. <laughs> it's like they, they, they're basically just sludge people and that's it like they don't nobody has anything else and they're all yeah yeah uh. and they're all electro fishers which makes it sound like they farm electricity but they don't or that they're like i mean or they or they would be catching some sort of like remaining fish entity that could live in the sludge but they don't yeah there's not it it literally sounds like they just go around scraping like moss out of the inside of pipes well apparently they're like cool we can eat this this story arc in the book they are descended from like a like a, a yamatori fish concern or something they're all the children of the people that worked at the knife goes in guts come out place nice and that's where the <laughs> name comes from i guess <laughs> okay but you know with lacking that context not helpful yeah no no so, so yeah, so these people, they, they, the traveler, this Killy guy shows up, uh, rescues the kids, and he says he's looking for a human with the net terminal gene. And then he we, says, CQC and Metal Gear and kept you waiting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we have this very cool world that's multiple layers. It's just like city deep. And the they're just trying to survive. We get to hear the adorable word hell metals. It's a lot of joy. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the I, there are safeguards that are robots that look like humans, so they're posing as humans to infiltrate and kill other humans. We get that we get that concept rolled out. <laughs> and, this is another one of those like these Terminator conceits when you stop and think about it. It's like. There's 150 of these things left, these people. Yeah. Why don't the robots just wait it out? They're obviously not doing any kind of real damage to them. Yeah, it's not It's not like any of these people... Well, I mean, 
I guess the plot of the movie is them trying to figure out a way to get into the machine system. Um, yeah, but that's only after uh, Kiri shows up. Like, prior to that, it's not like they're engaged in some kind of protracted war with these things. You know, like, they are they have no offensive capability. Oh, yeah, so no, they're, just, they're, just they're, they're always out. on their heels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Or, or look, if you're if you're a city that's constantly building, like, why wouldn't you just roll one of the giant builder bots and, like, crush them in their sleep? Well, they I can't get know, past like, the electric fence. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even though uh, Kiri's found out to be in a robot body, and he walks through, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand that conceit with the yeah, but he's got man. that green collar thing that makes it possible for nothing to hurt him. I okay. guess. Right? Well, That's... I mean, what does that say for uh, Teo or whatever when she becomes a robot? Or is replaced by a robot and just strolls in there? Well, that's because they thought she looked like their friend. Yeah, but she, the, I thought the, <laughs> the, um, the security yeah, no, it thing... Doesn't, yeah, okay. It doesn't make any sense. Gotcha. Like, All the right. alarm should have... There should have been a scene at least where it's like, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you leave a store and they left one of the tags on. Oh, yeah, they just and, wave and, you through. And the door alarm goes off, but the guy's like, no, no, you're cool, go ahead. There should have at least been that moment. Right. Where they're like, that's weird, Teo, are you, like, you wearing it, like, did you uh, bring a robot piece back with you? And then she'd be like, oh yeah, here's this head that I brought. Like, I don't know, something, ugh, anyway. So yeah, so we just kind of find out that this group, this society is this kind of sad, pathetic group of people who are the last humans that they know of, and they're all about to starve, and, uh... Killy has shown up and wants uh, the uh, net terminal gene, which is, I guess, the only... It's the genetic code that allows a person to access, like, the mother computer that controls the city building itself. Well, yeah, you get the idea that, like, at some point, everybody was had some kind of, like, direct interface with all the machinery in the city, which seems, like, impossibly chaotic and hard to control if everybody's just, like, building skyscrapers and shit, like... Yeah, that was my, my, my big question that came up from this is, and, th- and, and this is like, uh, you've seen Chopping Mall, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, so why build some of this shit in the first place, right? Like, the problem with Chopping Mall is it's a mall. Why do you have three killer robots in the mall? Because people like, keep stealing, Nate. They, but that's that's a dumb reason for robots. <laughs> it's also Just impossible. Like, I, like the, this mall, like the net worth of those two robots is more than the entire mall. Right. And what, so my my point here is like, why, why do you... all of our our anime conversations devolve into some weird like P and L discussion? <laughs> like we gotta. <laughs> we're just hey, we're just we're business minded guys, you know. I guess. Um, but yeah, like. Why, like, the thing that they didn't explain, and the thing that I don't understand, is why would you design a system that is dependent on human genetics to operate, and why would you make this so complicated? Like, there's absolutely zero reason that's established in in the film, and this is an exposition-heavy film. Like, they had plenty of time to explain it if they wanted to. Well, not only not only that, but, like, I know it's, it's a cartoon and it's science fiction, but, like, the idea of a gene that's somehow introduced into people that interfaces directly with computer mainframes, that's magic. Like, that's not, like, a scientific conceit. Like, if they said, 
you know, everybody used to have these chips in them, or the chips got broken, or they got corrupt, or something. That makes sense. But this like right. weird like technopathy that the entire human race had is super stupid. Yeah, well, and because it, it, it just, I mean, okay, it's like the 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 main problem for me is why would you have this be a thing that all people have? Right. Because the presumption is, is that at least initially every single person had this because they wouldn't want the city to kill anybody. Right. I would think. Why would you give everybody a direct connection to the system when you know that's a bad idea? Did they like live in a world where they didn't have YouTube comments or something? I guess. I mean, I, and they probably they probably didn't because what are they what what's the depth of their conversation? But, you know, the fire makes me feel calm. No, I meant I meant prior to the uh, the cataclysm. Well, yeah, I just, I mean, I figured maybe they were the descendants of very boring people. Like, I, I know we keep harping on this, but it, even in the those Matrix sequels, they have like dance parties and shit, and yeah, cooking and like doing stuff. Like these people are do they're like the um, oh, what the Captain Harlock the the slaves quote unquote, where they just kind of sit in a meadow and wait to starve to death. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're they have they are so hopeless, and you know I I can empathize with the amount of hopelessness that I think would probably be accurate if you were one of the last hundred fifty people and it seemed like impossible that you would survive, but it doesn't make for good storytelling. No. no. <laughs> uh, let's see, where were we here? So yeah, there's this net terminal gene. Uh, they they go out with. Killy, and they find this robot scientist. Yeah, the, that for some reason has... Nobody's really examined this room ever. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if they say there's some reason why they haven't or not. Oh, everybody that goes out that way gets killed. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they go they go find this room, and it's got a, a robot scientist torso. And she knows everything. So we get another major exposition dump explaining that they were trying to figure out a way to make a terminal interface that they could interact with without having the net terminal gene so that they could get in there. Doesn't it seem like that that would have been the first thing that happened and then the gene came in afterwards and not the... Like... Yeah, you would I know think, we're getting hung you, up on this. No, no, I would think that they would take the path of least resistance. You would design a system that had terminals that people could use to access the system. And then that the robot or the AI would decide to only allow certain people or something. Yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of like my, uh, my Nissan Versa has a similar uh, order of design flaw. Where it has a, a key fob to start the car, but it has no, like, independent ignition. So if the key fob doesn't function, you can't start the car. Yeah, which is terrible. Yeah. Because those key fobs are, like, 500 bucks to replace, too. Yeah. But, I mean, just the idea that they didn't have any way to, like, this, like, weird chicken or the egg thing. Like, did the technology spring forth from the gene somehow? Like... Yeah, these are the things we don't know, and we don't understand because we uh, live in a human society that generally has redundancy systems yeah. on purpose. Elaborate amounts of redundancy. <laughs> yeah, which you know is helpful in situations like this, like why you would have a, a like a neural uplink to your computer but not have a keyboard at right. all. Yeah, or even yeah, the like ability. There's no other to... way to do it. Yeah, not even that. Like, 
you know, like uh, newer computers don't have uh, whatever CDR drives anymore. But like, you have no way. Well, the... <sighs> I, yeah. I don't know. I'm getting so frustrated with this. <laughs> hey, I I, I understand. <laughs> it's yeah, because you the the entire look the entire conceit of it rests on the idea that there is no other way to use a computer other than having genetic material that allows you to use it. Which, when you just, say it out loud like that, and that, you know, concisely, it makes the movie even dumber. It Oh, yeah, it is. Because the only, because the one, like, the immediate rebuttal of the idea is, hey, when, you know, when people reproduce, they combine and change genetic material oh so slightly. Like, you're never going to be able to keep this the same forever. So, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's like... It's like if your house was trying to kill you and you couldn't do anything about it because you didn't have the remote for the TV anymore. Right. And there was no other way to shut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like... You can't unplug it. You can't no. just... Yeah. Ugh. Um, so yeah, so they, they, they go with this robot scientist torso to, uh, to a factory, which is a place that, uh, they can print everything. They basically 3D print those food bricks, um, which is kind of the initial idea, but then the, uh, the robot's also going to 3D print this terminal like, that I, I know will I'm... allow them to access it. I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I feel like I have to. Um, do it. When they print off those bricks, they print off like a shitload of them. However, the the coda of the movie, and they say they can't go back to it ever, that place after a minute. Um, the coda of the movie, they're like two generations past living in a different part of the city. Did you get the impression that they got enough food for their entire population for like 200 years? Um, I guess they had to have, right? I guess. <laughs> there are a lot of holes in this. I yeah. mean... <laughs> the- God, yeah. So it's just yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So it's watching it's watching a group of people pick up little yellow Lego bl- bricks that turn into food. And uh, I mean, I think those bricks get big enough that they probably feed like people for a year each. Yeah, I guess. So. I don't. Know. Maybe Something. it's really unclear how they eat or what the food br- bricks are. Whether it's like. Uh, very, uh, but, but they I appear to have an ample supply of water from where. I yeah yeah, and you would think that would be another thing that hey, if I was a murderous AI, just be like, well, hey, this is the one thing you guys need the most, so we're just yeah. going to turn that off. Uh, so yeah, so they're at this factory. Uh, the robot scientist uh, creates. The city of turtle. Detroit is a more efficient killing machine than this, you know, planet-sized AI. Oh yeah, no, because the, the yeah the, the planet AI really, uh, I guess it's just got better things to do. I don't let's, know. Let's it's, let's just poison their water. No, we're not monsters. Yeah, we're, we're going to send out wave after wave of spider robots <laughs> in the hopes that a couple of them get killed each time. Uh, the uh, yeah, so the the robot scientist prints the uh, the terminal thing. So Killy goes and gets the terminal, but then that the factory realizes what's up. So it starts printing off these robots, and then the uh, 
And then the robot scientist prints herself a new a new body that we don't really know that that's what's going on yet, but that's what happens. Well, I, I do, I do appreciate that the synthetic terminal, um, because again, it's important to note that there was no um, inorganic way to access computers prior to this moment, um, is like roughly the size of a Buick Skylark. Oh yeah, it's insane. <laughs> um, yeah, so they... Uh, it seems like they're all going to die. Tay gets, like, knocked down, gets her arm blasted or something, and uh, then Killy, I don't know what, he's got the ability to, like, channel energy and do, like, a giant heat blast. Oh, he's also got some kind of gravitational gun. Oh, yeah. Um, that the computers have, that he doesn't know what it is or where he got it. Yeah, which is just great. I mean, it's really great when when the most compellingly badass character in the movie has no idea what he's doing and just seems to operate entirely on some sort of robotic instinct. Yeah. Um, so they get away. They get away from the bunch of these guys. Uh, they take their new uh, terminal back to, back to camp because they're going to interact with the thing. They're going to try to shut off the computer, make their lives better. It's, it's going to be wonderful, right? So they all have a nice little... We're hanging out, eating eating yellow brick food and 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 chatting, I guess. But then something's wrong with Tay. She's dragging her gun around. Well, hang on, I, I, there's, there's something I wanted to talk about real quick before you yeah, get yeah. to this. So Shibo, the the scientist head, uh -huh. prints off this colossal body that's like eleven feet tall. Oh yeah. Prior yes. to this, super tall. When, when the kids had brought um, what's Solid Snake's name? Um, Kiru. Oh. Kiri. Yeah. When they brought him back, everybody freaks out, even though he is just like a regular human wearing like business clothes. Yeah. Yet they this thing wanders through their camp and everybody's like, wow, that girl's big. This <laughs> colossal, like impossibly heavy, clearly robotic thing that they should be able to recognize because their whole life is populated by fear of giant mechanical things. Right. That nobody notices. Oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, no one, no one immediately assumes that she might be uh, one of those like infiltrating whatever robots. You work in a like a small office setting, right? How many people yes. do you work with? Three. Okay, so if at some point a fourth person showed up that was twelve feet tall and walking so hard it was rattling the light fixtures, would you just be like, "Oh, she's probably an intern"? Yeah, <laughs> I think somebody would be like, "Who the fuck is that?" Right. Or more no, precisely, they, what they the recognize her voice. She's got the same voice as the robot torso head that they that they had befriended earlier. Well, yeah, but they don't. But they don't seem to recognize her. Like they, because they don't go, "Oh, hey, Shibo or whatever." It's just like, "Oh, who's this huge gal?" <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's look. It's yeah. This is the this is the flaw with a movie that that is the condensation of some hundreds of issues of a series. Right. Is like, they're giving, I guess, the people who have read all of them little snapshots of everything. But to someone who has no idea what's going on, it's just like, oh, cool. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see. Yep, so it turns out Tay is a safeguard. She was secretly sacked. And this is, another, this is another one of those things. Like, that reveal should have been really cool. And powerful. Yeah, but because the characters are all super morose and interchangeable, like, it doesn't right. really matter. 
Like, we don't have a scene from earlier where Tay and, uh, and what's her name? Nuru? Uh, Zuru. Zuru. Where Tay and Zuru are, like, pals. Like, the yeah, only or- dialogue they have in that opening, in that cold open, is, like, Zuru wants to do stuff, and Tay is kind of worried about it, and then Tay keeps getting into scrapes. Yeah, or, like, just do a thing where it's, like, Tay is, because I think they kind of do, but don't is make Tay, like, super sickly, and she's always, like, laying around, and then all of a sudden they see her walk around. It's like, oh, Tay, you're feeling better. And then she just turns around and shoots one of them in the head. Right. That would have been more interesting. But, yeah, so Tay turns out to be this thing. She shoots the terminal that uh, is down below. But Lady Robot is jacked into it, right? Yeah. And that happens. So when it happens, basically, now we're, we're, we're operating on two... Uh, two planes because Lady Robot is inside the computer, which is basically like a nebula, with with what appears to be a Lovecraftian elder god as the computer, right? Just like a big white squid blob thing. Like you can't. That's one of those things you can't just introduce for two seconds and then go away from. If you're gonna do that, like you need to play around in there a little bit more. Yeah, it would have been really cool if some of the movie took place there, but instead it's, hey, would you help us out and turn everything off? No, I can't do that. Okay, <laughs> let me come up with something else. Like, nor- I hated this scene in The Matrix, the third one, where he has the conversation with the giant baby head, which is named uh, Deus Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. But, like, I almost feel like this movie needs that conversation between Shibo and the the Elder God computer. Some Some kind of conversation would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's... And again, uh, because it hasn't stopped them from having these, like, fucking just tedious conversations all the way up until this point. Like, what would one more be? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been such an exposition-heavy film where they keep talking at and around things that they really, like, could have dealt out in a more satisfying way. And yeah, so just have them float at each other. Like, uh, it reminds me of... There's an older, like... Uh, Star Trek. Well, there's a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode where uh, everybody's some some kind of alien uh, thing is keeping everybody from going into REM sleep. Yeah, so I remember that one. Crazy, yeah. but Troy, because she's a Beta Z, is just like floating through space in a nebula. So it's like Marina Sirtis on on wires, looking hilariously uncomfortable, <laughs> but talking to avoid. Like, hey, how can I help you? What's going on? And, like, that happens five or six times in that episode. We could have done that. I sense sadness. I sense sadness. Well, yeah, I am crying, so good job. I don't think the guy twirling his mustache is everything that he seems. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great character. Uh, So, yeah. uh, So everything just breaks down really fast now. Um, Yeah. I guess, like, Killy blows away uh, Evil Tay, Murderbot. Well, yeah, after she, you know, informs the audience that he is uh, human conscious and a robot, again, with uh, probably something we should delve into a little bit further, but don't. But spends, like, half an hour standing on his face telling him that she's going to kill him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a Bond villain error right there. Yeah. There's a whole lot of not... Not just getting it done. Um, and yeah, so then he takes advantage of the fact that, you know, there's an inefficient uh, robot assassin that's hung up on long monologues. Uh, 
seems like a programming error. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, kills that, and then uh, what remains of Chibo is just an arm that drags itself up like uh, that's thing from the Adams family. Conveniently, that's where her brain is, she says. Yeah. yeah. And it can talk. It kind of talks the way that you would make just a, a, a hand puppet character. Yeah. Um, and brings them the news that what while she couldn't get the authority, the Lovecraftian computer blob, to turn off the robots, what she did get is some special information that there's an entirely abandoned section of the city that the robot doesn't care about that they can go to now. Yeah. So basically they can be relocated to a place that surely will be safe forever. I, I, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And that, and that basically leads to the denouement of the movie, which is they're going to pack up and go to this new place. Right. And then furiously reproduce in a very short-sighted way when yeah. they're even further underground now, but it's still like daytime outside possibly. And, uh, do they have food? We don't know. Uh, they still haven't found the net terminal gene, but they she believes that he will, the granddaughter. Right. Yeah, because then we find out that the entire movie has been a story told by Zuru, like, around a campfire. We don't see this at all, but we get a closing voiceover where she's like, yeah. Well, that's not her. That's her granddaughter. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Still, it's very weird. This oral yeah. tradition thing, but they're it's just like, talking about how Killy was the best thing that ever happened to us. You know, I don't, I don't want to take a page out of China's playbook, but like maybe stop fucking so much until we get this food thing straightened out. Yeah, I mean, you would think that you, you just need. Uh, I mean, I, I guess what you got to keep, you got to keep biodiversity, so or genetic diversity, so you have to do a certain amount. Because otherwise, you just end up with a royal family scenario. Well, no, I mean, just stop reproducing entirely, <laughs> like, and just oh, yeah. let it go. Just, just bow out gracefully. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> just like, hey, look, what, what, what do we really have to gain by continuing? It's a very, it's a very uh, conceited idea that, like, well, we have to live because we're humans. It's yeah. like, yeah, but you, you broke everything. Um, yeah. So Killy's just like, hey, I'm I'm just not gonna say anything, and then he wanders off. Um, which I mean, honestly, like, Killy's characterization is is my biggest beef with the whole thing, and that's saying something because there's a lot of beef here. Um, but it's just like, why would you why would you have? Because it's not it's a strong silent type, but it doesn't even get like, it's not like good, the bad, the ugly strong silent type. It's like. We have no idea what's going on. And this guy can just kind of do things at certain times that he doesn't reveal himself capable of doing until it just happens. So right. it's all very contrived. Yeah, and it's, you know, he's looking for the, the net terminal gene, you know, I guess to stop the the city expansion, but we're never given a clue as to why. Yeah, like what's what's his motivation for this? Other than, I guess, the the assumed motivation that this is all to stop the city so that humans can continue to live. Right, but he seems, like, totally, like, unimpressed by humanity. And, I mean, I guess I would be, too, if I ran into these people. Yeah, these, these were a bunch of wet noodle people. But, like, yeah, I... 
Like your protagonist should have some kind of motivation you understand, right? Right. Not a motivation you assign to him based on like you bits of plot you picked out. And that's why it seemed like uh, I feel like they knew that because they open on Zuru trying to make her the protagonist. But she doesn't do anything. No. Like, other than that opening sequence, no one does anything. It's like, I, I mean, I, I wrote in here, like, the whole thing feels like a, a, a square soft cutscene. Like, yeah, stuff, is, stuff is happening, but you're, at best, you're the silent, non-speaking player character. Yeah, and it also is tough because when they do converse, which is a lot, it feels like their mouths are missing frames of animation. Yeah. Like, like everybody looks like their face is going in slow motion and everything else around them is going super fast. It is, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, and then it just, it, it look, and then the movie has the audacity to do this, like, fast-paced, adventurous, triumphant closing credit sequence. And I just, I could not believe it. Yeah, it's it, it's very off model considering that like basically the end of the movie is like yeah we're all still gonna die just maybe a little bit later on yeah we're gonna we're gonna die in a in a more comfortable environment than the one we're in now yeah we won't die in fear we'll just die of boredom the way God intended <laughs> but yeah it's just it the audacity of of dropping these like cool sort of monochromatic character sketches where everybody seems like a real badass and you just watch something where you bonded with every character in the film. Yeah. Like, they could, there's other things they could have done to make this, like, at least somewhat more interesting. If they're all starving, why not, like, you know, have somebody interest, uh, institute, like, a Shirley Jackson-esque lottery policy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Something. There's no, oh, like, yeah. internal conflict That would have all. been cool because that could have given, like, that would have given Killy something to respond to also. Yeah. Because there's like there's literally okay, you you have you have a movie that has a group of people who are so pathetic that the only thing that you can actually like the only way that there's any conflict is that I guess you wish they would try harder or just well, give up altogether. Yeah, you almost wish he would do that. Like you people are pathetic. You know what I mean? And then like maybe he grows to understand or something. Yeah, yeah. And if they were doing a, a Shirley Jackson lottery sort of thing. Uh, he could roll into town and be like, wow, I've been all over this place because I'm a wanderer. Yeah. And you guys are really fucked up. I'm going to I'm going to show you how we can how you can survive. Yeah. Or maybe you just like, you know, like, I've, yeah. I've been all over this sphere and like maybe this will cheer you up. There's like literally billions of people running around here. Right. <laughs> like what's OK? Yeah. Because here here's the big question. Like what is what is the point that this movie is trying to make like what's the thesis of this movie like you think it, it, it's um uh, rain in technology right like don't let technology just go totally unchecked but the hero is entirely technology right and the people are so kind of loathsome due to their inactivity that you kind of don't care at least the robots are industrious yeah yeah at least like the robots have an ethos yeah. These people are just like, whatever. <laughs> I guess we'll starve. Which uh, I think is an actual line. Yeah, yeah. There's also... Uh, oh, yeah, I, I wrote this line down, too, because I think it happens when they get back from their from their trip. But one of, the, one of the humans says, I drink too much because I want to. Yeah. Which is just... But this is, this is like, these people have nothing. They are flat. 
They are they are conveyances for bad dialogue. Like I, I don't even know how to take that scene. Is it they ha- they've had alcohol this whole time? Shouldn't they be like fucking hammered twenty four seven? Yeah, you would think so. You would think you would think there'd be something interesting with it. Like oh, when you know when you're when you're messed up, the robots can't see you. I don't know. Like <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah, or something. Just like the. They need to have some... We spend so much time in this city doing nothing that there needs to be some kind of problems that are not just, like, the external, like, robots... Because the robots can't get in there up until the very end. So, like, they're living under, like, no threat of them being invaded. So, why aren't they doing stuff? Yeah. They... Because... Because no one... No one writing the movie cares (laughs) about them doing anything. (laughs) Like... Uh, yeah. You know, it's not like it's, like, a quiet place where, like, they can't do shit because, like, motion or sound will attract these things. Which would have been interesting, right? Is If, yeah, if, if it, instead of having a perimeter, they had, they were basically like, hey, look, we, we, we can only move this much during these two hours of the day. And the rest of the time we have to sit perfectly still and yeah. not say anything. And we're all really sad about it, but we're but alive. Like, we're to understand that this perimeter has been around, I guess, since they their society, such as it is, has been around. So th- besides, like, going out to hunt for old poop, like, they have nothing to worry about within the interior of however big this, you know, village is. Um, they, there needs to be some kind of internal conflict if you're going to spend that much time there. Right, yeah, because, again, it's, it's... Because otherwise the movie just needs to take place with one of these, like, electro-fishing units just going through... Like, it needs to be kind of reverse of what it is. Like, it needs to be, like, instead of Kiri showing up there, it's just them wandering through all these different fucking levels of the city or whatever. Yeah. Getting separated from something. Like, you know, the Men on a Mission movie. Yeah, that would have been... That would have been really interesting. And that would have let Zuru actually be the protagonist. Yeah, but it takes an interest... What what should be an interesting, like, life-during-wartime kind of thing and does absolutely nothing with it. Oh yeah, no. No, because they're they're literally as you said, they're at peace. It's like it's like what they Yeah. There's not there's no sort of there's no sort of socio-political conflict, but it's it, it it's kind of like they they exist on the South Korean side of the DMZ and Nothing is going to happen unless they go and do it, do something, and they just go do stuff. I yeah, I don't know. Like they're not being pursued. The robots aren't interesting. They don't seem to have like a plan. It's just oh well, we just kill humans, right? So stop going out there. I mean, or yeah, or the food or the starvation thing. But that they wipe that problem away right away. Like if it was just about finding food, that's a boring movie. But at least it's a movie about something. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> do you want to do you want to get into the ratings? Yeah, yeah. Um I'm going to give it, you know, I ugh. It's hard because again, like I like a lot of the parts. A lot of the the pieces seem like they should add up to something that's interesting, but it just doesn't. Um but it's like a, it's a 3. Like I, I wouldn't, I, I almost, I wouldn't even recommend really watching it. It's, it's kind of flat and boring, but it, it falls again into the category of like, put this on in the background 
you don't really have to look anytime you look up you'd see something cool but you really don't have to pay attention to what's going on yeah i'm gonna give it a three also i think we end up saying this a lot where it's like i like all the design elements but i think all we're really saying is we enjoy animation as an art form yeah yeah <laughs> this this was competently done in the format that they chose yes <laughs> visually um, yeah but it's just fucking like just nothing it's just, it's a fucking, like, just a, a sponge full of oatmeal, like, I don't know, like, and it yeah. feels impossibly long, and it, I think it's only, like, an hour 40, hour 45. Yeah, oh, no, I, yeah, it was, it was definitely, like, how, how much more of this do I have? And I was like, oh, wow, it's, how is time not passing? I'm, like, I'm every, trapped. You know, I know we mentioned it, but everybody's so homogenized, and I know that's, like, a problem with anime in general, but, like, everybody looks exactly the same. Yeah, and well, they all act exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. There isn't there 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 aren't any personalities among the human survivors. The hero of the piece has no personality because he doesn't speak. I mean, it would have been cool if he was like a wise ass because he knew, well, I'm I'm a human consciousness and a robot, so I'm actually unkillable. It doesn't really matter to me. There's zero stakes for me, so I'm going to be a badass, but you won't know until later. But instead, no. Like everybody's flat. The only person who's actually kind of interesting is is the scientist robot. But she just tells you everything that they've been doing behind the scenes that no one knows about. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, I really didn't like it. Yeah, it just wasn't. It just wasn't good. I really wanted it to be good. I wanted parts of it. Like I really wanted it to be good multiple times. I love the way that the like they handled the Tay thing. It would have been cool if I felt something. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. It's just a bunch of just a bunch of fluff. <laughs> yeah, Did yeah. Not care for it? Nope. Don't watch it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Any other business? Um, I'm trying to think if I. I don't think I watched anything. We could talk. You want to talk about Green Book winning the uh, Best Picture? Well, I think it's. I think I put it on somebody's Facebook, but it's just a make good for a stuck on you not winning Best Picture. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I I think we talked about it on the other show briefly the other day, but I think it's funny that the Academy pandered to black folk by choosing a movie that's about pandering to black folk. Right. Yeah. Um, which is this weird circle. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like. Maybe at this point it's just time to like either totally ignore the Academy Awards or just blow them up completely. It needs like a like a real alternative that people care about because I mean there's a million film festivals nobody gives a shit about or not oh, film yeah, festivals yeah. but yeah. awards uh, festivals. It's yeah because it's well it's all they're all cared about like inside the industry but yeah but I couldn't tell you who won a Spirit Award necessarily or whatever. Well, I do know that. Uh, sorry to bother you. Won a Spirit Award. Well, that's just because uh, I've, I've you know followed the movie. That's yeah. I mean, I, I I think the yeah the thing that the best argument I heard is that it won because there's this internal conflict between sort of the the boomer old guard at the academy, and they're kind of like, hey, th this movie made me feel good, and it talked about something that's important. So why can't it win? Now, I didn't see the movie, but just reading the synopsis, I felt like I saw it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like it's and probably I'm, a very... I'm the same boat. Like, I'm, I'm speaking out of school on, on how the movie is. Yeah. But what I know is I've seen that kind of movie before, 
and and I yeah, it just it feels it feels tone deaf in as much as we we live in a society right now that's definitely in a in an authentic and pretty emotional conflict about race, even if yeah. we and and so kind of pretending that like it's just about uh, an Italian racist guy sharing a bucket of chicken with a black guy, <laughs> like that that's the fix. Well, like, and, and I know we've talked about that movie so much, but like, you know, sorry to bother you. When we're talking about race relations, it should be kind of dangerous and uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's an easier way to progress than just like, ah, it'll turn out okay. And then Grandpa will uh, invite uh, Marshasha Ali over for a barbecue one time. You know what I mean? Like, it should be like, let's really talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Which is let's, what- let's be uncomfortable because like, it's all, you know, if you're comfortable and complacent with it then why would you be inspired to do anything different well that's what i that's what i think was so winning about black klansman as a film was that it it took this thing that it made like i think spike lee intentionally made a movie that is supposed to be more comfortable for you because it's like lighthearted and a comedy and they're all buddies and it you know and and stuff seems to work out at the end like they're having fun laughing at david duke whatever and then he and then he cuts to the you know cuts to the newsreel footage and is like, but see that a movie can't capture this. He's he was making a point of like, hey, this this can't be, this can't just be a cute story about a couple of guys who did a fun thing, because it's actually still a big deal. It's still going on. It's way more complicated than that. Well, it's weird, right? Because like I feel like people are comfortable discussing racism as like this kind of antiquated thing in like that version of racism. Like it's like, oh, you know, that shit that happened in the fifties and the sixties. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it is, I would say, like America as a whole is a more tolerant place than it was in 1960. I don't think that's like a a, a big stretch. No, I don't you know think I mean? that's controversial. I think we we are better. Our, yeah, we're not done. But don't let better, don't let good be the enemy of perfect, right? Sure, sure. So I don't know. Like it's just like it just seems so out of touch. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it it really it it. I don't know. Like it's just sort of a a, a band aid kind of movie, maybe right? That it's like, hey, you guys are all feeling really like this is in the news a lot. Some bad things have happened lately. Here's a story about how we can get along, right? Yeah. But it has to it's, take it's place in a like, certain time period, except for Crash, which the less said about that movie, the better. Right. Like if, if Black Klansman took place in 2016, right. I don't think people would have been as happy to give it nominations for anything. Oh, yeah. No, they would have – well, I mean, as evidenced by the rest of Spike Lee's career. Yeah. Anything that's contemporary, people are afraid of because it's too it's it's too real a conversation, and we, and we want to uh, continue to believe a sort of media presented version of American life that that you know doesn't accurately depict what really goes on. Yeah, and the nominations for Black Klansmen, like I'm not saying this, but like it it, it smacks of tokenism because I feel like they knew. That it wasn't gonna win, you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, we'll yeah. just we'll throw them a bone, right? Like like when a not that this is the same social thing, but like when District Nine got nominated for Best Picture, it's like even though that's a movie about contemporary racism, but like, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody put it out there with the expectation that it had any chance of winning. No, I think that's I think, and I think that's probably the, the big problem with the Academy as a whole, right? Is that that the you know the the fix is in. 
Yeah. And especially, and this is related, but I, I saw an article yesterday about how Steven Spielberg is going to like go to the mattress to keep Netflix from being nominatable. Oh, yeah, I think I said on Twitter he's going to uh, start a coalition to keep the damn kids off his lawn. Yeah, and it's like, what What the fuck, man? Like, everything like, evolves over time. It's like, dude, you just made Ready Player One. You've yeah. got – your uh, stance on artistic integrity in cinema is very tenuous at the moment, so why don't you calm down well, plus and let the it, kids – It's such a, like – it's such a, like, uh, uh, these talkies are going to ruin what Hollywood is. Yeah. We're about silent films. Yeah, it's like it's like nope. We haven't stopped going to the movie theater because of Netflix, right? You like, know, we it, a lot of times we've stopped going out to do things because it's like prohibitively expensive. Yeah, okay. you know that's 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 the thing they never want to talk about when they talk about oh the the NFL uh, attendance is down and it's because of the protests or whatever. No, the NFL attendance is down is because who wants to sit outside? With 28 degrees outside, with three people, costs you like $300. And that's before you buy food. Right. No, it's too fucking expensive. Like, yeah. it's unnecessarily expensive. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the same thing yeah. with, when's the last time you went to a movie that wasn't at like 9.30 in the morning that didn't cost like 15 bucks a ticket? And like oh. 15 bucks doesn't sound like a lot, but if, you know, if it's, okay, 15 bucks, you're taking four people, let's say. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, sixty bucks just for the tickets, not including you know the twenty dollar bucket of popcorn, which I I still don't know how they get away with that, but I, I still buy it, so I guess I do know how they get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Versus a ten dollar a month Netflix subscription. Yeah. Well, look, and 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 the thing is, is Hollywood already Hollywood already made the decision to go this direction. Netflix Netflix was able to do Roma because Hollywood wasn't willing to take on a black and white. Mexican autobiographical film. Netflix was was willing to pay for and distribute it. Yeah. What does Hollywood do now? They acknowledge that, well, yeah, it costs, you know, it costs a family of three $85 to go to the movies, so all of our movies have to be fucking tentpole spectacles. Right. And that's the only thing we're going to make. So when Spielberg's like, oh, you're hurting the integrity, it's like, no, you're not. The, the only way independent films are going to be seen now is through these streaming platforms because they're willing to take the chance on them. And Hollywood, you know, Hollywood lets slip through your occasional thing, but doesn't doesn't like to do that. And the only reason they have been able to is because, like, you know, when Blumhouse made Paranormal Activity for eight bucks and it made $60 billion, even that movie's terrible. Like, they're willing to throw something out there. If it's like ridiculously cheap, right? Yeah. Or you know, you get like a, a company like A twenty four, and most of their theatrical releases are really limited because it's expensive to fucking run movies in a theater, you know, nationwide, especially when people aren't going to go see it. Well, and that's the and that's the other problem too is a lot of A twenty four's movies like aren't going to appeal to a mass a mass market audience. So you know, you wouldn't necessarily open something in the Bible Belt that A twenty four puts out. Because yeah. people will probably just boycott their theaters. <laughs> I mean, uh. yeah, and not for nothing. Like, you know, this this situation we're in, where like everything's a big blockbuster tentpole, is partially Steven Spielberg's fault. So maybe he should do some introspection. Like, what a weird. Like, it makes me mad, even though it's not that big of a deal. But what a fucking just like hypocritical, like non-introspective, out-of-touch, rich, old-man, asshole thing to say. You know what I mean? Oh, I, no, it, it 100% is. I lost a lot of respect for him because of that. 
Didn't, but, it's like, weren't you a young rebel maverick artist at one point? Don't you remember that? Like, yeah, don't you remember if, when you were trying to like turn old film reel serials into movies that would be taken seriously? Yeah. And now you're like, oh, you nobody else can do can do that. I I was the last innovator. Yeah, because people would go see because only six movies came out a month. Like people would go see Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is like, you know, if you're not familiar with it, like it's not like a big spectacle sci-fi movie like you think of. It's like a very weird character piece about Richard Dreyfus having nightmares, which yeah. has aliens at the end of it. But, like, that movie would be on fucking Amazon if it came out right now. Oh, yeah. And he wasn't it fucking Steven would. Spielberg. They just don't make, you know, they don't release movies like that in general. No. Unless they're very cheap and they test really well. Right, right. Which is, you know, that's how you get your uh, a Quiet Place or Annihilation, right? Right. Where, yeah. And, 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 and then that's still just all, it's all predicated on uh, previous director success. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, for every Annihilation, you get what, like, six Hurricane Heists, those yeah. type movies. Oh yeah, even yeah. those movies don't make money. Hollywood's at the point now where they have no idea, besides like the Avengers and shit, they have no idea what's gonna make any money. They're just like throwing shit at a wall. Oh but, yeah, like throwing like a bunch of different shit at the wall gets way too expensive. So it's like, let's just do this one thing. Right, and we so we and hope and hope it it does huge in China. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's your Fast and Furious model is let's just cram as many international stars into this as possible. So we're sure to get worldwide money, which, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's fine. But when that's what when that's what the business side is doing, how dare he step forward and take this tact of like, this is, you know, this isn't art. This isn't film. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Like not like Ready Player One, the most cynical of cynical cash grabs. Right, right, yeah. It's, I mean, because have you seen that that like Walmart uh, drive-through commercial? No. It's so so Walmart has this like drive-through pickup service. So you like order your stuff and then go okay. just pick it up in your car. So they yeah. have Gary Newman's in cars playing in the background. Hmm. And then what do we see? But all of the like famous cars from these seventies, eighties, and nineties. As CGI rolling through Walmart picking stuff up. So there's the DeLorean and there's Bumblebee and there's, you know. And it's like, yeah, that was what Ready Player One was. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The, the and, movie and, was this commercial and you're going to be like, oh. Uh. Yeah. And not to mention, now that you reminded me of it, Steven Spielberg has produced no less than five Transformers theatrical releases. Right. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you shut your whore mouth, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Um, we, we so we we uh, we started watching the 2000s documentary series that's on Netflix now, like okay. the CNN thing by the decade, and it's interesting because the first you know the first two episodes they always just talk about television basically, but the uh, so they talk about how look the 2000s was this era where the storytelling uh, standard flipped like everybody started going to television for these deep nuanced character stories, and everybody started going to the movies for these big spectacles that are just sort of crowd pleasing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that's part of the thing. Like that's where we're at, uh, you know, with the exception of something like first reformed, which, you know, Ethan Hawke deserved better than he got. Everybody yeah. did on that. Um, with the exception of some, like there aren't a lot of movies that are just, that are just <laughs> people experiencing gritty things. Hey, yeah. I, there's the, 
dog on the computer. <laughs> no, that was one of mine in yeah. the living room. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's not art for art's sake, which not everything has to be, because, like, I like Bumblebee, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I enjoy yeah. shit like that, but... No, stuff's... There's nothing wrong with having just fun movies for fun movies' sake, but... But, yeah, to act, to act as if it's sacred ground that's being trodden upon is just... Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. Um, I'm trying to think of it if, if there's anything else that I watched that was interesting. And I don't think there was. No. Yeah, uh, I watched the, uh, the all of the Umbrella Academy, which I think you'd probably like. Yeah, it was a... Okay, cool. Because I've been meaning to watch that. Uh, it was a little uh, Wes Anderson-y, which I don't generally care for, but like the rest of the story worked for me. Uh, I know people's mileage varies with um, Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I usually uh, I usually like the majority of the aesthetic, if not always the the tweeness of things. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm looking forward to checking that out. Oh, we watched uh, we watched Killing Eve. Have you watched that? No. Um, it's really great. Eight part BBC America series uh, with Sandra O. Oh. She's following a female serial killer, like assassin, around. Uh, it's really really cool. Okay. I'll uh, check that out. I, I would recommend that. It's got just ama- like really good story pacing. It gets really weird at times. It's brutally violent at times. Uh, it's, yeah, remarkable. Uh, I uh, also, I talked about it on the other show, but I just wanted to let you know so you could check it out. I watched the Two Killings of Sam Cooke, the documentary on Netflix. I'm oh. a big fan of Sam Cooke. Right on. Yeah, you should check it out. It's really short. It's like an, I wish it was longer, but it was only like 75 minutes. Okay. Yeah. But it I just kind of I... scratches the surface of what makes that guy so interesting. Cool. Yeah, I will check it out because, yeah, I like Sam Cooke a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you enjoy your errands. I'll go feed these dogs and we'll get back at it next week. Yep. Sounds good. We'll pick a thing and uh, we'll be back with y'all. All right. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Invited. What soldiers? A nuclear weapon. Questions. Approach. Launch. Pal. Remains. Cell specimens. Strengthened. Gene therapy. The sons of Big Boss. The DIA. A female analyst? Who's they? Liquid Snake. Liquid Snake. I have a twin? You mean you've seen them naked? Nanomachines. Say what? It'll make me smarter, huh? Liquid Snake. Metal Gear. Revolution. Rex. There are two passwords. Baker. You talked. Psychomantis. Second floor basement. Personal area network, huh? Codec. Buff. Black Project. Dark Little Secret. Naomi. Second floor basement. Gas. Deep Throat. A railgun, you said. A disguise. Merrill's. The Colonel. Trick. Is that so? What? Yeah. So? Yeah. Wolf? Sniper Wolf? I didn't know that. Yeah. What did you say? She lied. Baker's Files. You got past security? You mean it won't show up on radar? You mean they ran a computer model? Bribe money, huh? Shape memory alloy. This card key? An assassination weapon? Fox die. Arrest. Ace in the hole. A diversion. Fox die. There's a vaccine created? Super baby the genome soldiers, sacrifices, torture, arrested, acting alone. You do what? EE marking arrangements. Metal Gear Legend VR diminished sense of reality, huh? Virtual mission, virtuous mission. Sokolov afraid. Why? Snake. What do you mean? Who? She. Paramedic. Huh? The boss is. Oh. Hmm.
CQC. Thunderbolt phase two. The end of the Cold War. What are you talking about? Insiders eliminate the boss. Demand. What now? What do you mean? The wrong one. Enemy. What's that? A disguise. Him. A bipedal tank. Metal. Gear. What? What the hell are you talking about? Help me. What compliment? Why's that? What is it? The wig. The ground effect vehicle. That monster can go more than 300 miles per hour. C3. Other side. A medium. Died two years ago? The boss. The waterfall, huh? Sushi. Raw fish. The door right when I entered the main wing. Unmanned. Mark II. Metal Gear. Drebin. Security guarantee. By force, huh? The Missouri. B&Bs. That's a female. Mantis. Octopus. Raven. Wolf. Mantis. A life of its own. Haven. Vodka Pluku. Her. Frank Yeager. Face camo. Rifted. Awareness. Big bosses. Alive. Europe, huh? Intercept their communications. Cave. Earth. Zero. Founder. Soldiers. GW. The boss. Snake. So, where to, Snake? David. My name's David. Okay. So where to, Dave? Hmm. I think it's time we look for a new path in life. <laughs>